1: Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm so excited. I'm talking with Clayton Olson. He's an NLP practitioner and relationship coach who helps people remove their deeper blocks to love so they can create more connection and intimacy really in all areas of their life. So welcome, Clayton. I'm so excited to bring you on my podcast for the first time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that we're connecting again, Helena. I always enjoyed our conversations and diving into psychology and and all that.
1: Yes, today we're talking all about boundaries, and boundaries are so important really in all areas of your life. We are broadcasting this live, so if you're listening live with us on Bullhorn, feel free to say hi in the chat. You can also click the green circle with the telephone icon at any time. If you want to call in and talk to us personally, we'll probably go through the content portion at the beginning and take questions at the end. So, Clayton, let's dive in. What's the first thing you have to say about this topic of boundaries?
0: Well, I think it's really important. Uh, That's the first thing. And I think it's, it is absolutely one of the most important skill sets and um, concepts to understand to create healthy relationship. Um, And the reason being is because a relationship is between two entities. A relationship is not two entities that merge together to necessarily create one. It's it's two people coming together, two people with different value systems, different ways of operating in the world, different things that they want, different things that they don't want, and learning how to lovingly navigate those differences and uh, create uh, a complementary entity called the relationship. And so that really does require us bringing our whole selves to the relationship, the the good, the bad the ugly, the, the places we're a yes to, the places we're a no to, and being able to open those up and be transparent and have conversations about it. So the more that we learn about boundaries, the more that we feel empowered to create boundaries in our life with the people that we love and that matter to us, I just think the better and the more healthy relationships we'll be able to create.
1: Absolutely. I know that can be a difficult thing. I think if you're like me or people who are sort of drawn to this work tend to be kind of more on the people pleasing side of the spectrum where Mm -hmm. they don't want to set a boundary or they're afraid that it's going to like rock the boat or displease someone, right? I actually created a poll just for this live today. I'm going to put it on the screen for the live listeners just to kind of gauge where everybody is at. Are boundaries difficult for you? Yes, no, or it depends on the situation. I would guess that a lot of people would say it depends on the situation. It's probably easier to do this when you don't have strong feelings for someone. It doesn't feel like such a high stakes conversation, right? But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Why are boundaries so difficult? And what would you say to people like me or I'm assuming my audience who's drawn to this work really tends to like be afraid to rock the boat by setting a boundary?
0: Yeah, great question. And and I think what what's happening, I mean, we're digging right in and the, the this is actually the reason why I'm I'm so excited to talk about this today is because uh, when we understand why boundaries, why drawing boundaries in high-stakes situations are difficult, we can actually begin to look at and really examine what are the beliefs, what are the what is the context, the unconscious context that we've created. Around boundaries that is actually limiting our access to be able to speak clearly and directly with people that we love, so there there is there's a set of beliefs there is a a way in which we boundaries occur to us that limits limit and stifle our expression and so i 'm happy to talk about those uh, those those beliefs in just one moment here, but as a, a prelude to that, I think it might just be important uh, just to really note like what is it that people might be experiencing if they're having a hard time drawing boundaries because i think that there could be some listeners here today that they're they're they understand that boundaries are important and that maybe they need to set them but they don't really see the cost of not setting boundaries and the kind of systemic um issues that it can create in a relationship so i just have a few of those here if i uh if i may uh just talk yes, about
1: that, that would be great. I would love to hear that.
0: So uh, if you have a problem with boundaries. What you might find is that uh, you're not speaking up when it's important. Um, you're not speaking your mind. Uh, you're giving away your time by saying yes when you should say no. So you might find yourself feeling exhausted or overworked or walking around with this kind of complaint of I give everything and I don't get everything, anything back. Um, you might find yourself being resentful or bitter because you expect people to mind read and know your wants and desires rather than actually speaking them. Um, you also, this is, this is the really unfortunate piece. You might find yourself actually attracting people who will take advantage of you or try to dominate or control you, which may even lead you to feeling victimized. Mm-hmm. Um, for the almost decade of working with people, uh, I've found that the clients that I work with who may be recovering from some uh, narcissistic abuse at times, uh, there is typically a boundary issue that had occurred in the beginning of the relationship that allowed and had them be susceptible to being in a relationship with somebody who uh, was uh, continually crossing lines or um, trying to merge in a way that wasn't healthy. So uh, another piece, too, is feeling drained by all of your obligations in life as well. And so if you can identify with any of these things that I just spoke to here, uh, I think that really beginning to recontextualize what boundaries are and how they're in service of the relationship is going to be super helpful, but I'll just pause there for a moment. Helena, does that make sense? And I'm curious also too, would do you agree with those? Would you add anything to the list?
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. It feels almost like you're inconveniencing maybe the other person or like burdening mm-hmm. them with your needs or something like that. I know for myself, that's like a very deep core. I don't want to call it wound, but that has just been a lifelong issue for me, not wanting to inconvenience someone or like, you know, be a yeah. burden basically. And I know some people feel that way when they are about to set a boundary and it can prevent them from doing that. But then they become this like tense person where their needs aren't getting met or they have something they want to speak up about and then they yep. don't do it. Right.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you're taking the words right out of my mouth here too. Um, because as we move into this, this section here, which is what you originally asked, which is like, you know, why is it so hard to draw boundaries? It's because a boundary. And I got a, a couple of reasons here. A boundary may occur to you as a burden on the relationship or as a burden on the other person. And that if you were to draw a boundary, you're actually bringing this weight into the relationship that's creating negative energy. And now you're requiring your partner to carry this burden that is your boundary. And so if a boundary occurs that way to us. We're just most likely we're not going to speak up. Um, I've got a couple more here as to why people may not uh, express boundaries that are underlying beliefs that are standing in the way. Um, Another one might be that you believe that a boundary is a selfish act, that it's actually not relational, that it's something that you're doing that is selfish. And you might be asking yourself, well, who am I to ask this other person to change their behavior around me? What gives me the right to do that? It's not, I, I can't change other people, so why would I draw a boundary? Right now, if we actually dissected that and looked into it, we can see that there's something there that may not hold up logically. But that feeling, that sentiment of like, it's, it's not up to me to change the other person. They should just know better without me drawing a boundary. This is where we can get stuck and stifled.
1: Absolutely. And I also think I'm trying to just just like feeling into this whole conversation as we're getting deeper into it. I think probably one of the main reasons that people are scared to set a boundary or they're not sure what words to use or what energy to come from is that you think that the other person is going to leave them. Like they're going to lose the relationship. I think that's probably one of the main reasons uh, people are afraid to do this or they're not sure how to go about it.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so another one that I have here is that, uh, we, have an underlying belief that setting a boundary is actually an act of violence to the relationship, Mm. right? That we're putting up a wall um, and it's an act of self-protection. And for me to do that, that's not relational. I'm cutting off the connection with the other person. It's, it's in opposition to the love and acceptance. Uh, So boundaries get in the way of love and acceptance. And if I'm supposed to support and love my partner, then how is drawing a boundary helping with that at all? Right. I'm actually the one stopping the relationship, which may then give them reason to walk away. So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one.
1: So what would you say to someone in that situation? I'm have my own ideas on that, of course, but if you know, somebody is coming to you and maybe they're in a relationship mm-hmm. and they have this thing that's been bothering them and of course this works in all areas of your life, but what's the first step? And we, I might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but what's the first step to like turning yeah. some of these beliefs around so you can feel confident and comfortable to start you know, expressing some of these things?
0: Totally, totally. Yeah. So I'm happy to to dig into how we might recontextualize this. And so um, I'll actually start up at the beginning here and just talk about like how I see boundaries and how I encourage my clients to see boundaries, which is to see that actually your boundaries are a really powerful investment in the relationship. And it, it is a tool that you get to use as a fierce champion for the health of your relationships. And so if we just begin to see that a boundary is an investment, rather than a boundary being some type of withdrawal from the relationship, but rather it's something we are adding into the relationship that is an asset, um, we may begin to get curious as to as to what that might look like or how that might sound. So I'll start up here. I, I'll say that boundaries, number one, uh, they're not walls. They're actually a container. So it's kind of similar to a wall, but it's actually containing something. Boundaries act as a container that actually provide a roadmap for your partner to love you better. So a boundary creates a distinct playing field that defines the structure and the frequency that you're committed to bringing to the relationship. So when your partner knows what you're a yes to and what you're a no to, they actually have a more clear map to loving you. And so you're being relational by setting boundaries because you're helping them find the the pathway to success with you and the, the pathway to success. Uh, as a couple, so boundaries are collaborative and they're they're generous because uh, they're allowing your partner to see what actually matters to you in relationship. So if you're not willing to set a boundary, then you're not going to have a clear commitment around what you and your partner are actually creating together. So if I'm not putting a container into the relationship of like, here's what I'm a yes to, here's what I'm a no to. And they're not having the opportunity to do that as well. In some ways, we're just in relationship by default. But like the boundaries act as a way, as a container for us to get really intentional about what we're creating together. How does that lend?
1: Uh, that's great. I love that. And I think it's actually a really great way to weed out the wrong person. To me it just feels like if you're with the right person, it's going to be like yes, absolutely. They're going to be excited, you know, to keep building something yeah. with you versus if you're with I mean I think, you know, sometimes it's like 80 plus percent of the people who first come to us or come to this work are with someone yeah. where it's just not the right person and so that's why they're walking on eggshells. In my experience, I don't know, you might have a different type of audience, but with the right person there, it's just going to be absolutely. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was thinking that too. It's just going to typically like flow really effortlessly in my experience. Right.
0: Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah. And just notice too. I mean, I think there's a real clear distinction between the expectations we have of people versus the agreements that we make with them. And so if something in the relationship lives in the realm of expectation, meaning I have expectations Helena, of how you should be a friend to me. But like, if I don't actually state those and they're really important, you're left in the dark. In some ways, maybe I'm being a coward by not stating them. And there, we leave the the door open for resentment to build for us to not be on the same page. And it, it also just shows that I'm not really invested in the relationship if I'm not willing to create agreements with you through the conversation around boundaries. So, Uh, Does that distinction make sense? The difference between an expectation and an agreement?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love examples, too. I know these are huge concepts. So any specific, you, you know, examples you have. And again, this could work in any area of life.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's just go with one that's, I think, very clear in relationship. You know, we can move. If we have an expectation that we're monogamous, but we don't have a conversation around it, then one person might feel like, yeah, well, we're still dating other people, and one person might think, well, no, I thought we were monogamous, and that could – because we're not willing to have a conversation around the boundaries that we're that uh, we're willing to play in or where we're at in the relationship, we could have two people that are connected that have a lot of promise, but they're on different pages, which could end up creating resentment and some type of um, – dissatisfaction in the relationship that leads to a fight and ultimately the relationship ending. So yes,
1: such a great a bound- example. Yeah. I love that one.
0: Yeah. A boundary around being monogamous uh, allows us to create an agreed upon reality that then creates the structure and it protects the relationship from outside forces. So notice how that boundary is so important there for the health of the relationship to continue, how it creates the container for this big plant to, to grow
1: I think this is such a great conversation. I'm just loving this so much. So yeah, I mean, let's, let's dive deeper into that example specifically, because there can be so much misunderstanding around that because often it occurs earlier on in the relationship. And I, you know, my audience is mostly women. So I'll just, but this obviously this can go both ways. The woman yeah. is afraid to bring that conversation up or ask. They might think that like, isn't that masculine bringing up the exclusivity conversation? I'd love to yeah. hear anything about like um, the timing of some of these conversations. Mm. I'm sure it would be different for everybody, but do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think that's it. I think it's different for everybody. And I think that in some ways to draw a boundary and to have these kind of conversations, it really requires you to get clear on where you're at and what actually works for you. Right. So how can we bring a a boundary to the table unless we really know ourselves and know what works for us and what doesn't work for us. Right. If what works for me is um, that I can, be, I can date multiple people and be intimate with all of them and still be able to move the relationships forward and qualify and then choose one that I want to go deeper with as, as a relationship, that might work for me, but that might not work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so if you notice that it, it doesn't work for you, then that might be something that is a, a conversation to have around, well, you know, I, I don't sleep with people until I'm exclusive with them. Right. So depending on how quick the relationship is moving, there might be some different mile markers that you're aware of uh, around intimacy and around maybe even how much time you're spending with the person that would uh, invite you then to have a conversation around this, to have just have a temperature check with the other person and find out where they're at. I mean, dating is I I get that there's these hesitations around having conversations too soon or um, or too late. I believe it's less about timing and it's more about how you're holding that conversation. If I'm holding that conversation from a place of, uh, I don't feel like I have a right to talk about this. Again, I think that I'm burdening you with this conversation or I'm afraid I'm filled with fear as I'm talking about this because I'm afraid of losing you. That actually has more of an impact on the person than does the A a timing that might not be matched up.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And again, I see where people are afraid to do this. It's just, there's something off in the dynamic. Anyway, they already have a feeling or a sense that it's just going to send the guy right out the door. For example, like maybe he's halfway out the door and like actually expressing a standard or a boundary would like send him out the door completely. And so there's this tendency to want to hang on to these like half-hearted connections rather than just like, putting putting it out there, speaking your truth and being comfortable with that. And if they're not the right person, they can go. But I, yeah, I think I agree Mm -hmm. with you that it's important to have these conversations quickly and early if needed. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't you think?
0: I I do. I think that having these conversations, I I mean, as you're speaking about this, it's just so important to honor yourself because are you willing to lose what's important to you inside of you for the sake of keeping a connection with somebody who maybe it's, it's, it's not a good connection, right? Maybe it's, uh, th- there is something off. Like if you bringing your authentic concerns to the dynamic, have this person run, then they're not your person. So in some ways I'll just, this is one of my points here is that setting a boundary is an act of authenticity. It's, it's a way, if we look at what a boundary is, it's the things that you're a yes to, it's a thing that you're a no to. And it, so it's like, I am this and I am not that. And so as I bring boundaries into the relationship, I'm actually bringing all of me to be fully seen. I'm sharing what's important to me. And yes, there's an absolute risk to that. I mean, this is vulnerable. Setting boundaries is a vulnerable act. Having a conversation around boundaries is a vulnerable act. But if that's what's necessary for you to stay in deep rapport with who you are, then that has to be primary over a, uh, a unknown connection or uncertain connection with somebody you've just met or been dating for a couple weeks, a couple months.
1: So true. Yeah. And as we're talking, what's coming up for me is I have this concept. I actually have a video on boundaries coming out next on my YouTube channel for anyone that's interested where I give my take where it's sort of like a feminine approach to boundaries where you have your boundaries really strong and really secure on the inside, which is what allows you to be open and receptive and curious on the outside. So the right person can actually get close to you. I think I may have heard you talk about this before in one of your videos, Clayton, where if somebody just comes up towards you and they just smack up against your walls. Like if you have your boundaries on the outside where nobody can get in, you know, they might be attracted to you and come on strong for a little while, but eventually they will just feel like they can't get to you. Like they can't see who you really are. And Mm. eventually they'll start to back off. that's my take on it. And of course, if you feel strong and secure on the inside, you can be kind of soft and feminine with your words and have these conversations early and be curious because you have the safety net of your own boundaries on the inside, you can, you know, right? Because you trust yourself to not stay in situations that don't feel good. So you can be totally open hearted and allow people to get close to you, trusting that you can always take a step back if something doesn't feel right. That's sort of my take on this. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I would love to hear any of your thoughts on this.
0: I like that. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that you're speaking the truth there. And I'll also say that providing the reason to why you may have a boundary is also very relational.
1: Oh yeah. Right.
0: right? Just revealing like why the boundary's there, Uh, because then uh, you're, you're helping people get to know you as well. And they're seeing the motivations and they're seeing maybe the values that you're honoring that has the boundary be there, which can actually have the boundary uh, be taken like less personally by the, the, the person you're with and have them have, have the boundary setting or you saying no to something be, Uh, a an opportunity for both of you to get to know each other more and to appreciate appreciate each other more in that regard oh my
1: gosh yeah I think a million examples are popping into my mind do you have any examples of that again these are big concepts but I think that's so important rather than like you know here's my boundary like take it or leave it it's like more this is I want to show you more about who i am because that's who i am i'm an open authentic vulnerable feminine person for the ladies listening of course this goes both ways right um not like this is i can feel the difference one is like an an inward i'm expressing who i am and i want i'm doing this because i want to have a deep relationship i don't want to have a superficial relationship or friendship or whatever it is and so you're sharing more of yourself and then you're kind of creating the space for the other person to step forward or say we're not in alignment we're not on the same page you know and then maybe yeah. fade away well, yeah i i really like that
0: yeah i mean i can just throw an example out of i mean going on the the same thing around um you know monogamy it's or let's just even talk maybe let's move from a monogamy to maybe sleeping with somebody drawing a boundary around sleeping with somebody like it, it's one thing to let's just say uh turn a guy down or um you know, reject his advances without any context. But mm. if you provide some context as you uh, put a a boundary up, the man can appreciate where you're coming from. So it might be something to the effect of, like, I'm really attracted to you, and like, I want to feel more connected to you um, before we do this, mm-hmm. because. It's something that's really special for me. It's it's something that's sacred if it's sex. Or, I mean, even if it's a kiss, it's like, you know, I'm really attracted to you and I would love to kiss you, but I don't quite feel ready yet.
1: Yeah, that's very different than uh, just to let you know, I don't kiss on the first date, you know, or <laughs> exactly. you know, just to let you know, exactly. yeah, I, don't I don't kiss don't... with a guy until I'm in a committed relationship for at least three months. Like it's one is you have your boundaries really strong on the inside and go, oh, like that would feel incredible. I'm so looking forward to that, whatever it is, fill yes. in the blank there. And that's really something that I feel comfortable doing within the context of a committed relationship or after we right. get to know each other better or when you're feeling deeply connected, very different. You're saying the exact same thing pretty much, right?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're saying in in one, you're it's almost like you're adhering to just some policy that you created mm-hmm. uh, versus one of like, actually, I'm really feeling into what's going to allow me to honor me in this moment and and actually honor the potential of what we might be able to create together. Right. I love and,
1: that. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we're not sleeping together right now because actually, like, I like you and I want to get to know you more. I want to get to know you on these different dimensions first.
1: Yeah, you gave a great example. I was watching a video to prepare for this on your YouTube channel. Clayton has an amazing YouTube channel, by the way. So everyone, please go check that out. I can include a link um, in the episode details after this replay post. But you were saying something like if there's a crazy person on the street running around I don't have a relationship with them. I don't care. I'm not going to go up to them and like state a boundary. Right. <laughs> and yeah. let me know. if Someone's yelling
0: at me from across the street, you know, Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to stand at the corner and start yelling my boundaries.
1: And, <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: And yeah, and yeah, I'm not going to do that because that relationship isn't important to me. Right. So I draw boundaries. I mean, unless I'm being physically attacked, like I'm pushed to a certain edge. Yeah, there there will be a boundary I'll draw in in that regard because Mm -hmm. it's something that's really important on the line. But just like I think to this point is I'm drawing boundaries because there's something important on the line. There's something important happening. There's someone important in front of me. That's who I draw boundaries with. So if we look at boundaries through that way, we can actually see then that we, maybe we can free ourselves to draw boundaries because if we're coming from a place of like this is this means you're important to me, this means that this is important to me, that's why I'm doing it, we can see that it's less about self-protection and selfishness and more about love and more about creation and more about intentionality.
1: I think that's great. That's so beautiful. And you know another thing that's coming up for me is I hear from a lot of women, of course men have these issues too sometimes in relationships or again in any area of life where they don't like what their something their partner is doing and they don't know how to bring it up. That's like as we're getting deeper into I make mean, more of a long-term relationship or marriage like maybe um I'm always thinking of it from the female perspective, because I just hear from women mostly around this, but their boyfriend or husband is maybe doing what they would think is flirting with another woman online or liking posts of other women on social media, or maybe they have a female friend that she doesn't really feel comfortable with. She doesn't know her that well. uh, And all kinds of things. I hear about all kinds of things like that. Is there, you know, what would you say to somebody who is feeling anxious about, you know, bringing something up or anything about how to do that? Because I know that can be really difficult.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I would encourage anybody to do in that situation is to just get curious. Get curious as to what's actually going on and uh, notice if there's assumptions that you're jumping to that are actually not based on the full picture and evidence or whether they're almost based on your insecurities. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: and that's just, this is whether you're a guy or a woman, like either or, like first examine what's going on within you are you actually responding to what's in front of you or are you responding to something that maybe has happened before that? And this is a trigger of that because then it becomes an access point for healing. Mm,
1: Wow. Right? Like
0: if all of a sudden my guy is doing something, my woman is doing something and it's actually reminding me of something that happened In the past, that was far more explicit and hurtful. Maybe it's that thing that I, that is that it's this situation is revealing something that's unhealed within me for to first take a look at and do some work around. And that's why I really recommend working with a coach or a therapist or a counselor and having somebody in your corner, especially if this kind of stuff comes up, so that you can do the, the self examination and get clear and sober on what's actually happening, what's actually in front of you. Okay, so that would be the first step, is just to get really wow. curious and open. And from that place, then what I would do is I would explore the intentions of my partner. I might bring to them what I'm seeing and just ask them what's going on. But not from a place of, like, I'm interrogating them, but genuine curiosity as to, like, what is their experience? Like, I'm noticing this, and I'm just curious, like, so what are your intentions? Like, who is this person? Or or what's your relationship with them? And just to... pull out and draw the the full picture so that we're on the same page so that I can actually see things clearly and then make a decision about what to do from that point. So I think those are the preliminary steps first. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I'm just thinking about how crazy and interesting relationships are because a lot Mm -hmm. of these triggers would never come up. I mean, I have certain triggers of things that have happened to me in my past that would never come up if I were to just stay single for the rest of my life. And I could probably live very happily yeah. in this kind of untriggered life. But when you're in relationship, it's like, you didn't need more like, whoa, I didn't even realize I had anxiety around that. Yeah. And I never would have known that if I was not in relationship with another person, it's just crazy, you know, but it's so worth it. Like this work is so worth it because that's what allows you to go deeper and just create such uh-huh. a better, more intimate relationship. So yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I, I think that the purpose of relationship is to grow. And, and I think attached to that growth is um, deep meaning, fulfillment, uh, knowledge of self, right? And so as I'm going deeper and creating a, a more powerful connection with my partner, that is possible and built on the foundation of me creating a deeper and more holistic understanding of myself, through the triggers that come up in the relationship and having the courage to face them and metabolize them and create new understanding so I can come into greater rapport with who I am and therefore express more loving acceptance towards my partner. And now I, I think if we use that as a backdrop for what maybe relationship is really about, we create a capacity then to be with the triggers in relationship and see that they're gateways to practicing greater levels of self-love and acceptance and moving our consciousness into that of being an adult rather than a child. And then we just have so much more resilience and anti-fragility to, to handle the, inevit- the inevitable disconnects that are going to happen rather than saying, oh my God, you know, we, we, we have this problem, you know, it means I need to break up with this person and walk away and do something, you know, find mm-hmm. somebody else where it's going to be much more smooth. Um, now, granted, there's always exceptions to the rule, right? There are going to be some relationships that may be toxic where we're continually experiencing the same lesson over and over and over again. And it, it might require us to walk away and, like, that's actually the lesson. But I'm not talking of about course. those. I'm, yeah. well, I'm talking about just the, what happens within the bell curve of normal relationships uh, where we get triggered with people that we really care about. I think that's a pretty normal and natural thing. And if we make that trigger wrong and or we think that trigger means that we need to change the other person, we're actually bypassing the invitation to do the work on ourselves first and foremost, and then bring what's what's left to our partners in terms of um, a conversation where we can create more clarity.
1: Amazing. Wow. It's so interesting. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about where this all comes from. You know, I'm not an expert at this at all, but it just seems like if we're like a baby mm-hmm. and we're like a, a piece of our parents, right? Especially our mother. Mm-hmm. And if they, if our parents were to actually honor our boundaries as babies or children, we would like die. We might not survive if we don't want to eat our food. And you know, we're Mm -hmm. protesting that that's a boundary. If our parents honored our boundaries when we were kids, we wouldn't even survive. So I think that's it gets really complicated, right? Do you have anything to say about like how that, where this all comes from? I'm sure you know much more about all of that than I do. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I think that this, this all comes from that part of the the path of being human is fully individuating from our parents and becoming our own adult uh, adult self. Um, You know, there's the physical birth of the baby. And then there's also the psychological birth that happens actually after the physical birth um, sometime between zero and, and six where the child really starts to create their own identity. Of who they are, and if we notice, like this, this part happens around the age of two, and they call it the terrible twos, where the kids just saying no to everything and throwing mm-hmm. tantrums because they're they're psychologically individuating from their parents and realizing for the first time their own agency. But there's there's more of that that happens as we get older and older, where really we we stop living under uh, the the constructs that our our parents are are putting. that that have put on us, the expectations that they have for us, uh, the unlived lives of our parents living through us. And we start at some point, typically, I, I think it's really, from what I've read and have understood, it's somewhere in our 30s is where we really start to actually come into our own and be able to see ourselves as a fully sovereign individual where we can make choices that are for our fulfillment and not necessarily in honor of those that came before us. Um, Carl Jung says that the, the human being does not start life until they hit 40 and that everything before then is just learning. Um, now I'm not quite 40, I'm, I'm close, uh, but I'm just noticing how much, you know, I still have to learn. And there's so many things that I've still been individuating and letting go of that aren't actually mine. Um, and that is in the, the exploration of like who I am as a man, like what is actually important to me? Or was this important to my dad? Mm-hmm. Right? Or was this actually what my mom wanted? Oh, I thought this was mine. Um, and so just untethering those things and figuring out who I am uh, actually is what gives birth to my, my values and my boundaries and the things I'm a yes to, things I'm a no to, the things that I'm willing to fight for the, with the things that I'm not
1: yeah i can definitely yeah. relate to that so interesting i didn't realize that i'd never heard that about the the ages and that even in your 30s yeah. you can still be figuring that out and individuating and yeah, yeah it can be really difficult to set boundaries with family members and especially i found right i'm just That's looking really at this poll and most people said it depends on the situation that was the number one thing yeah I, again it's easier to do this with people you don't care about right you don't care about hurting their feelings or you don't care if they leave your life right there was somebody um calls you on the phone and it's a stranger like telemarketer or something you're okay saying take me off the list never call me again it's not then they say okay fine you know it's not a big deal somebody you deeply care about like a close friend or relationship partner it can be a little harder because you don't want to lose that you don't want to lose what you currently have with them right yeah
0: absolutely absolutely
1: I could just talk forever about this, Clayton. I know. Is there anything else you want to say? I know we've gone for over thirty minutes now. Any other last words of wisdom or um, how-to's on boundaries? And I would love to do more of these with you and just dive deeper into some of these topics.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, I'll just say I'll leave it with this: is that I I invite you to see that setting boundaries are an act of service in all of your relationships. And when you see it this way, you not only give yourself. To be free to be you and to express who you are and who you are not, but you give your partner the freedom to do to do the same, so that you you create a territory for more open and honest dialogue about what you actually want in a relationship rather than tiptoeing around or thinking that you have to fit yourself into a box in order to, to relate to the other person you will save so much time doing this because you'll you 'll end up gravitating th- towards the people that share the same values and are willing to honor who you really are. And you'll let go of the people that aren't. And if they're part of your family, which you know many of us do have family members that maybe don't seem like they really honor who we're being, it- it's an opportunity for us to draw boundaries there, right? And actually limit the amount of time that we spend with them, limit the types of conversations or the things that we're going to be talking to them about um, so that we can really fully be ourselves, so
1: true. I would love to end with just a quick example, maybe using that last example we used with someone, a friend, partner or family member is doing something that just doesn't feel good to us. Is there any kind of like quick template you could give just for everyone listening who might be in that situation, just give them something they could actually say or do in that moment.
0: I'm going to go completely like just, yeah, kinda, I'll just add lib here and, and make this up, but I mean, it's yeah. just really like, uh, it's, um, uh, listen, I love you, uh, and what I'm noticing is that when X, Y, Z happens, there's an effect that it has on me, and it actually uh, has me feel like I don't trust you, or I uh, don't want to be in a conversation about this anymore. And so, here's what I would appreciate seeing. Here's here's what I would like. I would like us to not talk about this anymore. I would like us. Uh, I I would like this to be honored. I would like uh, uh, this to be discussed. Something of that nature. So, I mean, really what I'm doing here is if there's a model that I'm kind of pulling out, it's like express appreciation for the person, the relationship, reveal the impact that whatever behavior or thing that is happening, and then offer a solution of what you'd like to see that would actually um, allow there to be more smooth sailing or an environment where you can be more of yourself and feel safe.
1: Mm, That was brilliant. I loved that. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, we do have a quick question too. Do you, have, do you, are you okay to take a question Clayton? Sure. Yeah. Oh, actually it's just a, uh, it's just a comment. It's a beautiful thing to set boundaries with a partner who gets it and you, uh, and you ended actually feeling closer. I totally agree. That has certainly been my experience and the opposite is true too. It's a really painful thing if you're with someone who doesn't get your boundaries, doesn't understand why you would feel that way. So, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on that, Clayton?
0: Yeah. Well, something that's coming up as just you're speaking again is just this, like even boundaries around like name calling and fights. And mm. I know that sometimes this happens. So fights can escalate, and then suddenly two people are throwing daggers at each other metaphorically. And so, You know, you could say that, you know, hey, I have a boundary around um, uh, no name calling in uh, uh, relationships with people that I love. It's just, it's not constructive, right? Or it's like, you can bring it to the table and set a boundary, but don't even call it a boundary. You could call it an agreement and just say, hey, listen, like I wanna preserve you in the highest light possible. And I want above it all there to be love and respect present, even when we're disagreeing, passionate about things. I would like to create an agreement with you where we under no circumstances call each other names. And if that happens, we immediately have to take a break from each other. Mm. If take a break, what I mean is maybe like a 10-minute break, a 15, 30-minute break, take take a step back out of the room and then reconnect when people cool down. Right. And so to do that when the two of you are not in the heat of fighting, but to create a, a agreement where you, you're you're both buying into um a a way of behaving during key critical moments uh, that you're getting explicit agreement on. So there's like a, a, a kind of a rules of engagement that's, that's there for the health of the relationship for the health of the relationship.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We have another question. How can I tell if his loving, open reaction is genuine? Time, like letting the time go by. I'm assuming that means this is a new relationship. I'm a recovered codependent. Any thoughts there? Feel free to call in too if you'd like. We can we can dive a little deeper into it. But I know you might not be at a place where you can actually talk, (laughs) which is fine too. Um, Yeah. What are your initial thoughts on that one, Clayton?
0: Well, I think that's right. I think time is definitely how we get to know people, and it's one of the reasons why we don't marry immediately. Or get into mm-hmm. a relationship immediately. So if it's something in the beginning, I think just allowing that doubt to be there is uh, is actually wisdom. So um, given that you're a recovering codependent and you're you're tracking this and maybe a little bit suspicious about uh, the, the the situation that you might be, and I think that's I think that's smart. Um, and at the same time, I think uh, reacting from that place is where damage is caused. So if you're reacting from that suspicion and accusing him that you don't believe him. Um, that's where you might be taking your own insecurities and projecting them onto him. Um, so I would say, yeah, give it time and move slowly. And if that, if he's not willing to honor the, the pace that you're moving at, he's not your person.
1: Mm, totally agree. Yeah, love that answer. I think that's great. Sometimes it does just take letting the time go by and seeing what happens after three, four, yeah. five, six months. That could be the hardest thing because we can tend to want to want clarity right now. And I, it looks like she called in too. Clayton, is it okay if we take this?
0: Sure, yeah. I, it's
1: always so helpful. I just love talking to everyone. So hi, Dennis, can you hear us okay?
2: Oh, yes, hi. I think I got bounced off a bit, so I'm not sure where you are if you actually saw my question.
1: Yeah, we just so what it was. Was it? How can I tell if his loving, open reaction is oh. genuine?
2: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think um, there might be something going on with the chat today, but I'm glad you were able to <laughs> to get your question yeah, you through. Said, yeah, because yeah, you saw my comment. you were like,
2: well, if you could, it's not a question, it's a comment. I was like, oh, but the question's there. But I think I got lost in the live bit. So anyway. So we're good. Thank you so much. My birthday was yesterday and I was your first caller. Remember I told you it was my yes. birthday? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Happy birthday. I'm so glad Thank you were able to call you. back in
2: again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um basically just not a lot of background info, but um I think I told you before and I said it in the comments, so I definitely have had some um past talks or relationships. Um not to dwell on it but both my parents are narcissists uh, one's a covert one's a grandiose anyway so i've done all the work i get it um intellectually understand i'm actually i've changed my blueprint to what i'm even attracted to now after a ton of work <laughs> um so i've attracted this amazing man in my life it's super early days and so i actually have the opposite that a lot of women have like the men want to commit very quickly Um and so that's never been an issue. In fact, it's like the opposite, like the love bombing and all the things, right? And so this man also is like super ready to um like he's like I'm off of bumble, blah blah blah. and I was like, That's so great, but I'm not there yet. But actually my feelings are there. (laughs) So I guess my question is, I mean, there's literally like in the past I've had attraction and falling quickly and all the things, but there were definitely red flags. There's literally not a single like intuitive negative hit about this man like he is really so incredibly aware it's it's mind blowing to be honest with you and i i can safely say i've never felt this way with all the components like of compatibility um so that's a little scary right
1: wow i think last yeah. time you called in is that you said that's exactly what you were looking for so i'm thrilled yes. to hear that it seems like you attracted it how long has it been since you've met him
2: it's it's like it's weird to say it out loud Um. 2 weeks okay <laughs>
1: That's good to know. Good to know, Clayton. I'd love to hear all your thoughts on this.
0: Yeah. So, have you met? Thank you for sharing, by the way. And appreciate you jumping on live with us. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Thank you. So, have you met up with him yet?
2: Oh, yes. Like, that's what's, that's why I'm even on the phone with you. Yes. We met up a few times already, even a short period of time. And he's an hour away. And like, yesterday was my birthday. And he just surprised me with all this stuff and just left it on my door because he knows I'm with his son. Like, he's just so. Conscientious, considerate. Um, Mm. Yeah, and he's younger than me, which I didn't think, I don't know, I don't have an attractive type, but that was surprising because he's such an old soul. And so he's very mature. And a little background is he's a recovered addict. So maybe that's why he had this awakening a few years ago and he's like on this beautiful spiritual path. And we are just so aligned. And the boundary thing came up because I told him today. I told him we had a boundary conversation. I was super nervous, um, and I was just like, slow and steady wins the race. And our first date, he brought a turtle because he knew that I said that. And so we're so insanely physically attracted to each other, which I've only had that with toxic people, so that's what's confusing for me. And so I was like, as much as I want to move forward, that's not my pace and blah, blah. So I talked to him about it, and he was just so beautiful beautiful and loving, and aware, and I actually feel closer to him. So I kind of, like, set the pace, like, hey, I'm not going to do the, the sex conversation. He's like, oh, of course, I understand, and that's what I'm talking
0: about. Great. And your question, just to reiterate, is what?
2: <laughs> I think I said, yeah. like, how do you know, other than time? Yeah. Like, how, how do I know that this is, like, valid and legit, and it's not – I guess I am not even want to say it out loud, um, like another toxic person.
0: <laughs> yeah, beautiful. No, I love the question. And, and I just want to say and I, that I think it's it's actually great to be in the place of not knowing. And that's mm-hmm. the purpose of it, right? And so how do you know? I would say just allow yourself to be in the not knowing because there's going to be wisdom there that will actually allow you to have uh, – Spot the red flags if they do come up, and be fully present with what's in front of you. Um, rather than certain that this is valid and that he is real, um, I think it's it's good to have a little bit of, just yeah, I don't know where this is going to go, and I I don't fully know whether I can, can I can trust this guy. That's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think what becomes unhealthy or damaging is if you're letting that those suspicions then drive your actions, where now you're you're bringing that suspicion in in the form. Of of walls and you're stunting the growth of the relationship by you know stopping completely, but I think you honoring your pace and continuing to uh, move at a move at a pace that is going to uh, allow you to feel comfortable opening at whatever works for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Trust and actually watching to see how he responds to that. If if he's willing to honor that, or if he's over time starts to try to push or convince you. Uh, mm-hmm. That what you're feeling or what you're doing is uh, like, uh, you know, not w- not working for him, or that you shouldn't be doing that. I think those are those are all the things that you're like looking for, right? So, um, I think time is going to be your greatest ally in this, um, right? Yeah. So, is there a response that I can give you that other than time? How are you going to know? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I say just be present, like really be present with what's in front of you and and just watch and witness and and stay open and uh, move at your own pace.
2: That's beautiful. And I agree. Like, and today the conversation was specifically about how Like, we're intensely passionate for each other, and I'm just a person, and this this is not even a moral stance. I just know how I am with the oxytocin is very high with me. I've never had casual sex, and I'm not going to start in my 40s, okay? Like, it just doesn't work for me, and I literally was so vulnerable, and I actually explained to him because he sees me as a super independent, like, free spirit, wild horse, and I am, and I was like, I'm just telling you if that happens – feelings are just they're just going to accelerate and I don't want to even start using the love word but I'm going to feel that and I'm going to like just go into this other space that's not me and I'm going to be like wrapping my whole life around like I don't want to like I'm a recovery codependent I don't want to lose myself in this relationship so I was just super vulnerable and honest and told him that and he was like amazing with his reaction he's like okay so we're super attracted to each other. So if I'm in your house, we have to set boundaries. Like, let's talk about how can we set boundaries. Like, it was super cute. He went into, like, what can we do for us not to, like, go that far? Like, amazing. Yeah,
0: that I he love sets- that he's being collaborative with you in it. And, yes. and, and uh, that. that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly what we were talking about. So, yeah, this was a great example of that. So then we'll just, you know, keep letting the time go by, see what happens in a few months. and. Mm-hmm that's great. It sounds like you're doing great so far.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's just, the key is like not being alone with them in
1: a private place for too long. Is,
2: I mean, yeah, I heard I heard you speak with Rory, Helena, earlier. Like, I heard a playback where you mm-hmm. said your husband and, and you, like, initially didn't have the attraction. You said now it's off the charts. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's off the charts for us already. And like I said, I've only ever had that with unfortunate toxic dynamics, which turned mm-hmm. out later to be like not a good match but in this case in those cases honestly i had intuitive hits from day 1 from the first date there were red flags with this man i've looked i mean i've looked there's literally i don't there's nothing <laughs> so yeah, so yeah I, look,
1: it sounds that like you're like you're a lot like me where historically if you those feelings of attraction and those sparks are kind of hooked up with where with people where it doesn't really work out with the right person not to say that this is the right person we don't know that yet but It's going to (laughs) take a couple of weeks to develop, you know, potentially those sparks, the real attraction, real chemistry. But the good news is that's the right kind of chemistry and it it builds and it gets stronger over time rather than like those initial sparks that you might feel with a toxic person that burns out quickly and it just never gets off the ground. Right?
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. our attraction, even though if I tell you the time frame, you're like two weeks is nothing. It seems like it wasn't but it was a different type of attraction. It was like the intellectual and the emotional than the physical. When we kissed, you know, after a couple of dates in, we're like, Oh wow, that's there too. Okay. So it's mm-hmm. like all of that together. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to
1: hear that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the update. And I would love to, uh, I'd love to continue to hear how things go. So definitely keep us posted.
2: (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for the advice. So I'm going to just time will tell and just continue speaking my boundaries and see how he continues to honor them. So that's the message.
0: Yep. Great. Beautiful.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Oh, thank you so much for calling in.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't hear I, didn't oh, I just hear. said,
0: nice to speak with you. Yeah, thanks.
2: Oh, wonderful speaking to you. Thanks so much. I feel honored.
1: Awesome. Okay, so we'll just um, go. And it doesn't look like anyone else has called in. Isn't it fun talking to people? I just love it so much. <laughs>
0: it's a yeah, whole different yeah. feeling.
1: It's a whole different feeling being I able used to talk hear. to
0: people on coaching calls, but uh, yeah, yeah, not uh, the, the quick the quick radio jump-ins. Um, it's so
1: much fun. I've yeah. just been loving this so much. I would love to have you back sometime too. I mean, I know we could just talk forever. It. There are so many nuances here and I'm just checking in with the poll. It looks like most people said it depends on the situation. The answer with the second most votes was yes, boundaries are difficult. So <laughs> I'm glad that we yes. kind of dove into all the different situations here and we could do a follow-up session on this sometime or you know, if you guys have any specific Topic suggestions for us. Feel free to get in touch with me and let me know. We always love hearing from you. And Clayton, I would love to talk about how people can get a hold of you. I mentioned you have an amazing YouTube channel that everyone needs to check out. Uh, I yes. know you still do private coaching too. So how can people find you and you know maybe even work with you if they're interested?
0: Yeah. Thanks. So you can go to my website, ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com, and that's Olson with an O-N. And on there, I've got a guide called the – it's a free guide called The Five Secrets to Creating an Extraordinary Relationship. And it, it's just uh, it, the, the distillation of a number of different patterns that had come up over working with – um, hundreds of individuals one-on-one, and uh, I put it into a PDF just for you to take a look at. So if that interests you and you want to dive deeper into the philosophy that I come from, um, or you'd like to have a conversation around uh, a uh, coaching relationship, I work with a number of people. I work with both men and women uh, over the course of six months to a year, and I really help them dig into different parts of their life. and find greater empowerment, greater clarity and agency in what they're wanting to create, whether that's relationship, different relationship with work as well, Um, kind of span the gamut with that. So um, yeah, feel free to visit my website and go from there.
1: Great. And I know um, for, if you're listening to the replay of this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you're listening to the replay, I'll include a link to that as well as your YouTube channel. And I know that you also have a free masterclass. I don't know if you're still actually offering it for free, but I have um, offered that before. And I know I've gotten some yeah. great feedback. Everyone absolutely loved it. Uh, would you like me to yeah. include that as well?
0: Please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a webinar called The Three Keys to Attracting and Keeping a High Quality Man and I teach it with my teaching partner Jack Butler and it's 90 minutes uh jammed with some really powerful insights and some reframes uh around dating. I can tell you that just the webinar alone will will shift the way that you see yourself and also see men uh if uh that is who you are wanting to partner with.
1: Absolutely. And it's totally free, right? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah. So the link to that and your YouTube channel and your website, all the different ways people can get a hold of you. I'll include that in the description of this episode, just right below where you're listening to this. Clayton, this was so much fun. Thank you so much again. I would love to have you on again sometime.
0: Yeah. Love it, Helena. Thanks for your questions and always appreciate our flow that we create together.
1: Absolutely. And for everyone, if you're listening to the replay of this, you'd like to join me live or join us live for a live broadcast. I'll include a link to the Bullhorn app. Obviously, you can't go live on Spotify or Apple at this time. So I go live using Bullhorn. If you'd like to call in and talk to me personally or ask questions in the chat, it's totally free. I'll include a link uh, in the description as well if anyone would like to join us for a live broadcast. So this was so much fun. Thanks for everyone uh, for listening. And Clayton, thank you. I will hopefully talk with you again soon.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you.